Craft Beer Radio, episode 129, taped on November 29th. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Jeff Baer. I still remain Greg Weiss. And I'm Anthony again. Yes, Anthony Popowitz is here. Uh, we're recording on the same night we recorded 128. Just because we wanted to. Because we and can. tonight we're doing a spotlight show. We're doing Goose Island Spotlight. And we need to thank Craig Skinner from Chicago, Illinois, who sent us a letter on a manual typewriter. It's pretty cool. I cannot tell you the last time I've seen that. Typos and all, which is nice. If I had a manual typewriter, I'd be a little paranoid about typing things wrong. And, you know, really signed it, too. I thought for a second it was a stamp, but no, it's not. Okay, so we have six beers from Goose Island. we got some of their standard flagships. we got some of their special ones. And we're going to start with the standard. we got the Honker's Ale, which is, I believe, their flagship and their original yes, beer. Yes, uh, they call it the beer that launched revolution. It's uh, 4.3% alcohol by volume, 35 IBUs, 14.5 on the SRM scale, which is... Uh, Golden Sunset. It's cool they have the SRM scale numbers for this. That's that's a neat uh, neat thing I don't see on many websites. And, and, the, and the Crayola box name for it, Golden Sunset. I had that crayon growing up. This is sort of an English bitter. Yeah, Goose Island is like the original microbrewery from Chicago. There's others now, um, but they are the ones that, as, as you said, started all in Chicago for sure. And they were one of the very early micro that was before they called them craft breweries, the microbreweries. You know, you had Sam Adams and you had Sierra so they were Nevada. Around for that, they were around for that first microbrew thing in the yeah. 80s when it was sort of more trendy than... Yeah, when we weren't old enough to drink. Right. <laughs> okay, so this one pours a uh, an orangey gold, a little... Not quite brown, but orange golden. Has a, a nice uh, fluffy head on it. Kind of same color as your desk. Everyone here, you know, everyone who listens to see my desk, so right? They should know that exactly what that looks like. Check the pictures. <laughs> so on the row on this one, I'm getting what? maltiness. Uh, 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 wow! Just like a pale two row type malt, nothing too caramelly, just a, a slight little maltiness, and almost a bit of orange marmalade in the aroma as well, like an orangey. I'm really not getting much of the aroma, although it might be the stuff I sprayed up my nose. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a subtle aroma, and Greg just took some de- decongestants, so it hopes to smell things for this show. And uh, this one's very subtle. Yeah. So. Get anything, Anthony? No, no, it is subtle. I, I have my nose stuck in the glass, really trying to pull. It is subtle, and but you know everything I am able to smell is is positive. It's okay, not like I can detect a very faint kind of orange blossomy smell. Marmalade, I guess, is what you call it. Yeah, very faint. I think I, I compare it to the blossom because it's so faint. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that is not what I expected to taste when I tasted a bit. Oh no, <laughs> more hoppy than I expected. Really, is is what's going on here? Um, not that I don't think it works. I think it's it's good. Uh, it's just it wasn't in the aroma at all. Yeah, exactly. It, it really. Um, there is a, a good heavy malt backbone here, but there is this you know those orange peaks that kind of jump yeah, out. Yeah, this has um, session beer flavor, like 
you can tell it's a 4.3% alcohol when drinking it, but it's one of those well-done ones. It And the orange flavor is starting to become a signature of these good multi-low-alcohol beers. Think the Bitter Brewer from Surly Brewing. Mm-hmm. That one had more flavor than this one, but this one is in the same vein as the Bitter Brewer. And it's an old recipe, too. Yeah. I didn't get the hops at first, but this time I actually got some flavor hops that it actually... They, hit my tongue at the very beginning yeah it it jumps out at you it really it really jumps i don't expect that these are continental hops you know european like zots or hollow tower or something but the way it hit my tongue that first sip it hit me like a pilsner would the the way the hops hit my tongue i you know i'm just amazed because you know english bitter okay it's maybe malty and then maybe some hops later but yeah the very first thing is bam hops and then okay here comes malt then i'm gonna give you some some orange on the shoulders this is the Goose Island Honkers Ale. I did two things with this beer. I I took a sip and I let it like stand in my mouth, and and then the second time I took a sip, I I, I kind of gulped, and I enjoyed it a, a lot better when I was gulping. Hmm. You just didn't like how it sat. Inspired by visits to English country pubs, Honker's Ale is the perfect blend of hops and malt. I think it just sort of tastes more malty and just continues to taste kind of a little bland if you leave it there. Right. But if you just kind of... You taste you taste the orange that you, yeah. you guys were talking about in the hot it, it mix and, and the mouthfeel kind of goes with it. You could, t- you could tell this was meant for drinking a couple. Yeah. yeah. I've had limited opportunities to try Goose Island in the past. And was it on our way to Denver that we were in Chicago? Yeah, yeah, we stopped in Chicago and we went to a pub and we had a Goose Island. I can't remember which one it was. And uh, to be honest, you know, at the bar, beer served way too cold. You know, probably frozen glass, I don't remember. I remember thinking, man, it's kind of boring and tasteless. But if it was the Honkers, which is their lowest alcohol beer, it was just the situation that you don't want to drink beer in the Chicago airport. You just want to eat the hot dogs. Yeah. So... It's a great airport, though. Every, all three times I went to Japan, I was by through Chicago, and uh, mm-hmm. so I got used to that airport. So I was able to show Jeff around okay. a little bit. The freaky psychedelic yeah, underground the psych- tunnel. <laughs> it's really cool. Okay, so what's next? Uh, Nut Brown Ale from Goose Island. Well, they're all from Goose Island, so yes. I would hope so. Deeply malted with just the right touch of hops, Nut Brown Ale is rich and complex. Now, a question for you, Greg, since you got the computer in front of you. I thought Goose Island made a beer called Hexnut. I'm curious if I'm wrong. I don't or see it on their Our Beers list. Rebranded to this beer. I don't see it on their Our Beers list. So. Yeah, I mean, on their website, they probably don't have their current name for things. Yeah. Okay, so you want. Well, I don't see. Let's see here. Or maybe Hexnut is someone else completely. I don't new. see Hexnut on this list. Let me take a look at Beer Advocate and see if I can find Hexnut. Well, the very first link is the Hexnut Brown Ale from Goose Island. So So I think they probably rebranded the beer. Or they have two different ones. But since it's not on their website, they probably rebranded the beer. Okay. So so this is uh, 5.2% alcohol by volume, 29 IBUs, so not particularly bitter. This beer is great with food, friends, or all by itself. It's pretty dark. It's 50 on the SRM scale, which means it's pretty close to black. It's, it looks like soda. 
like yeah. Coca-Cola or something like that, without the big bubbles on the side of the glass. It's got a little bit of a sort of tannish head, or tannish um, uh, tint to the bottom. Yeah, a fine head on this one, very small bubbles in the head. Um, like three, beer. Yeah, a three-way pour um, doesn't give us much head on it, but... Now, this is a style I struggle with. Okay. So why why do you struggle with brown ales? Just, I don't know. I, I just don't. Yeah, like a lot of brown ales, it's trying to bring out some of the flavors of nuts. On the aroma of this one, I'm getting uh, some roast. It, it's it's a mix between caramel, toffee, and cocoa, which is like all the descriptors you could possibly use, right? It, it's not quite as chocolatey as cocoa, but it's like a, a cocoa caramel with a bit of tack to it or something. They say on here something that's interesting. It's one of the descriptors that, you know, that I should use more often because I think it qualifies. It's one thing that we should probably bring into it. They say chocolate, honey, and fine tobacco. And there is a bit of a tobacco taste in this. I, I am getting the tobacco smell. Like, I didn't want to say something that didn't smell quite right, but something that smells different to me. Like the um, I just took a sip and I'm getting honey and what I think tobacco might like like um like like a pipe tobacco right. like in a big pouch type thing where it's kind of sweet mm-hmm. and tarry right not not, More, not cigarettes kind of kind of molasses right but but not because it's tobacco and honey yeah, that's the one smoking I can stand is is pipe smoking because I like, you know I can really be around that mm-hmm. because the pipe smoke smells so good. I don't I don't like generally the smell of other smoke. Although you know, if if a friend of mine is smoking, I'm not going to be like you know get away from me, get away from me, Anthony, get away from me. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm generally not a smoker, although I've been known to on occasion. But man, pipe smoke smells awesome. There's yeah, there's been times it. I've been around it. It smells pretty good. Sometimes cigar smoke, but usually not the pipe smoke, yeah. They put the good stuff in there. <laughs> but, you know, I think tobacco is one that I never really thought of using as a scripture, and I've seen it more and more, and it fits. Well, I've, I've seen it, but, again, I've never imbibed in the material, so right. I can't really use it as a descriptor if I don't know what, know what it tastes, it tastes like. like. Yeah. Because it actually has a bit of that sweet kind of rosy or... or uh, um, okay. Slight, there's a slight amount of sweet uptick at the end. Mm-hmm. This is a good brown ale. What do you think? You said you struggle with the style, Anthony. What do you think about this beer? Is it? Um, do you? You're not not feeling is it, it? Yeah. Does it taste bland or yeah, bad or yeah, bland? Is I think a good word. Um, yeah, not, not browns. Just always. I mean, it's almost like. I don't know. I don't like the empty taste on my tongue that I get. There from is that. a bit of you know aqueousness, the sort of necessary in brown as I think it's part of the uh, the style. You know, there's been that watery yeah flavor, a bit of that you know, just sort of. It's not as full. I mean, I don't really. I've, you don't find many brown ales that are really full bodied. They occasionally happen. Right. I think see, the Three Floyds one was was. One see, of the I think this body. one is very flavorful. I mean, maybe not full chewy body, but I think it's very flavorful. And I was curious which way Anthony was leaning, yeah. whether it was bland or poor tasting, because you know, beer tasting. I'm going to steal an analogy from Gary Vaynerchuk, the guy who brings the thunder to wine tasting. It's like doing sit ups, right? You, you can't. You know, it's extra. Beer tasting and wine tasting is exercise. You have to train your palate. You have to do work. And, you know, Greg and I have three and a half years of, of work under our belt. And 
this isn't yeah this isn't a hit you over the head beer, but you know for me it's pretty easy to to pick out the 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 really interesting flavors out of this one. But I can certainly understand where you know someone like Anthony right. I don't want to be disparaging, so I'm just going to ex- accent it and point it out. I like Anthony, uh, you know, is not smoker is not, <laughs> is not picking up on on some of the details, and I'm trying to figure out how to. It's how like to the, nudge him in the right direction, but the, it, the it's back tough. end is just that uh, uh, brown ale always gives me like a metallic back end empty. You, you know, like when I like I take I can guide you through the process, and this even if I drink like mm-hmm. um, Dogfish Head, mm-hmm. you know, the, which is supposed to be their Indian brown ale is supposed to be like really delicious. It's like I get a bunch of flavor up front on the top of my tongue. A little bit on the sides, not so much. And then, like, when I put the glass down, as the beer is down my throat, I, get, I just don't like... It's not the aftertaste. It's, like, the, the the taste you get right before the aftertaste. It's, like, an empty back end. I, I don't... I, you know, and maybe that's because, like, I enjoy porters where that, like, nut will pop out at you or, or, or whatever, like, malt they're using. And maybe that's what I expect subconsciously from the color of the beer and and the smell. But I don't. I, I mean, I what I could say that what I like from this beer right now is the sweet that I get on the front end. Mm-hmm. That that's pleasant. It's pleasant. The smells pleasant. You know, would I order this at the bar? Probably not. Unless this was the only like craft beer, then you, hell yeah. But yeah. Um, do you have the alcohol in this one, Greg? Yeah, the alcohol in this one is five point two percent. Now, what? And that might all go down to drinkability. Like maybe brown owls just aren't very drinkable to me. I tend to find brown owls pretty drinkable. This one uh, is good. I'm finding uh, my my. Taste experience is a bit kind of opposite of yours in that I'm really getting a lot of flavor after it goes down and, and just sort of as it as the remains sort of sit on my tongue and that's where a lot of the flavor is coming in. Um, a lot of those you know those tobacco notes and the the, the honey notes, a bit of chocolate, a bit of nut. It's all coming to the end and it's all kind of you know when it's exposed to air on your tongue. Yeah, I mean I understand what you're saying, Anthony. I'm not saying you're stupid or wrong for for not enjoying this beer. Mm. Uh, it takes practice. And yeah, this is more subtle, but I do want to say this is one of the best brown ales I've had in a long really time. Really good. The last brown ale I can think of that was as good as the pecan. The oh, the Mag- lazy magnolia. Yeah, and, and just like science, I know this is something I need to work on. Is the brown ales, <laughs> you know, I. It's a person, you know. Because I, 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 I am, I, I'm, I'm smiling from ear to ear right now because I did not expect. These first two Goose Islands, their flagship and their other mainstream beer, right. and they both hit me really well. And like the brown ale is fantastic. I mean, I'm just yeah, I really think, you know you're a good luck charm, Anthony. We should bring you <laughs> up more often. No problem. We would move on to the next one. Yeah, this is the Harvest Ale again from Goose Island. So the first two beers were supposed to be served in imperial pint glasses. But I, don't ha- I only have two imperial pint glasses, so we're drinking out of American pint glasses. But this one should be served in a willy glass. And a willy glass looks kind of like a uh, Weizen glass, but not as curvy. Um, it's, a, it's a glass you'll see some lager served in on occasion, where it kind of curves on top. See, there's a willy glass. Okay, right? yeah, right, right, right. 
Okay. And of course, now there's three people who know what a Willie glass is, and, and the other. I mean, I would describe it more like a pint, yeah, like a pint glass. that's a little bit, uh, a little bit curved pint glass with a little bit thinner. Yeah, I'd say it looks more yeah. like I would. I would start with a Weizen glass, but hey, a fatter Weizen glass, maybe mixed with the. Mixed with the, yeah, a, 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 a mix between a, a Weizen glass and a pint glass. You know what other beer I had style of beer I had a hard time liking was was uh, Hefeweizen. And that's kind of how I like in the brown else, which is weird because, I mean, I'm sure, you know, everybody has Newcastle at, when they're 12 or whatever. <laughs> oh, this is good. Um, well, maybe I need to buy myself a mixed six-pack of uh, brown else. Well, I just need his experience, really. And um, maybe, hey, maybe you're just fine. I just don't like brown else. Yeah. I try them all. I just don't like them. It, that's, it's valid. I don't like... In, Double, uh, double vits. I don't double, right. I double don't, whip ears. Double. Oh, you said vit. Oh, did you say that on purpose? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't like the double whip ears because I just feel that they're um, self indulgent. Uh, they impose just, upon themselves. No, it's not. It's not <laughs> like that. the Godfather. <laughs> it's, it's not it imposes that, uh, upon itself. It's just that it's it's over over. Done on the coriander, or at least on the one I've the one version. Ooh. Although maybe had two. Okay, so on the label here it says Goose Island beer is never pasteurized and remain brewery fresh for 110 days. Hmm. Um, kind of just like the born on date, right? Uh-huh. This was bottled on the 12th of August. So figure out if it's been 110 days till now. Um, Expiration dates are much better than born on dates. I got such a nice um, hoppy smell on the first and a sweet smell sure. on this. So this is a harvest ale, and a harvest ale could... That's why I get computers to my math. Yep. Harvest ale could be, mean two different things. A, an Oktoberfest is a harvest ale. Mm-hmm. This is not an Oktoberfest. Right, an Oktoberfest is a harvest ale because the barley harvest comes in hops as well. Then American harvest ales are more so... The hop harvest is in. Let's use fresh hops... Uh, some people say wet hops. Other people think that's a horrible term. Um, but it's it's hops that aren't kilned and or dried and dried out. So they're using the brewing process when they still have a very high moisture content. From the aroma on this one, I'm saying it's a wet hop, uh, a fresh hopped well, beer. Interestingly enough, I would agree with you on the aroma. However, for some reason, Beer Advocate qualifies it as an extra special strong beer to eat as an ESB. Doesn't okay, so it's still wet hop DSB. Okay, the fresh hop DSB. Five percent percent alcohol by volume. Uh, Thirty three uh, IBUs. Twenty on the SRM scale, which they call pale copper. Mm-hmm. Um, they, it's hopped with Cascade hops from Washington. Fresh picked ha- Cascade hops. I knew they were Cascade when I spelled it. And richest Midwestern malts, they say. This okay. reminded me immediately the the aroma of uh, Tree Floyd's. Um, their harvest ale. Yeah, that? this is kind of a uh, this. We may use the dreaded term on, on this one for the the uh, the the fresh hops, the the non dried hops, or some may say strong wet hops. hop aroma. I mean, so it's so fresh, it, right? It, the 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 aroma and the flavor you get out of wet hops, green hops, non dried hops. I'm, I'm just really concerned on which term. Take one use. and use it. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna use. Uh, Use fresh hops, I guess. That'll probably be the one I'll get least email about. It's more of... I've heard people say grassy, but to me it's not what I think of when I think of line clippings or something. But it, it certainly is more 
leafy again. We used leafy in the previous show, but it's how would you describe how this compares to what you get out of a, a dry hopped beer with you know regular hops? Well, it's it's something akin to if you have fresh hops and you rub them on it. Yeah, hand the syrup that stick the the resin that sticks to yeah. your hand or whatever. There's yeah. there's that there, there's a really strong kind of uh, sharpness to it. Uh, that is somewhat muted in a process when you use it when you dry it out. You can, that really comes through here. I don't know any other way to describe it except for by saying if you grab a, a fresh hop somewhere, if you manage to find some right. and rub it on your hands, you'll notice the difference between that and a dry pellet. You, you know what else it reminds me of? If you brew with whole leaf hops, whole flower hops, and like after you, you know, when you have all those hops in the bottom of your brew kettle that are soaking up all the sugar wort and whatnot. It's kind of a smell that's in there too. Even if you use dry hops in a brewing, it's kind of sort like of rehydrating brings back some of that aroma. Kind of, yeah. The flavor on this one not as hoppy as I would have expected. It's not as hoppy. There, there's there's some citrus to it. You know what it reminds me of though? You know, it, it, it actually it's actually like Seven Up, like Lyman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far, but it actually fits ESB. Now, I mean. Mm-hmm. It works. Um, the aroma is much more harvesty and hoppy, but yeah, the flavor the taste. is is a, a really good amount of malt. And there's there's, a, there's you know a bit of a spiciness character that the hop brings, but I'm not really getting the grapefruit that you expect out of Cascade. Mm-hmm. I'm I, I disagree. I'm getting a little bit of malt, but I'm getting a majority of what I expect in a, a harvest ale. Um, I'm thinking of East End Brewing's harvest ale, Cascade. This is light, like 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 the harvesty part is light. Do you feel like the harvesty part is kind of like on top of an ESB? Well, I definitely think it's an ESB base, right? Yeah. yeah. The 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 harvesty so. part, the harvesty part. We need a new word up. Um, it, it's kind of what I expect out of a harvestdale. I'm thinking of East End Brewings. So I'm thinking of the Sierra Nevada um, harvestdale in the Southern Hemisphere harvestdale. Well, not necessarily the Southern Hemisphere because they use. Um, hops from New Zealand and Australia for that one, but um, see, but I usually when I think of a harvest sale, I mean it's usually on top of like a parallel. It's usually give you know it, it's something that you sure. would expect sort of a more hobby base. So here is someone who has kind of the audacity to stick a stick a harvest sale on top of an ESB. ESB is pretty hoppy. Well, I mean it's it, it, it's it, pretty bitter. I mean there's some hops not, to it. It's not an especially bitter style. Uh, it's like they took those two styles and took away all the obnoxiousness. Of, of anything and, and put it together. I mean, you know, my my classic for for ESB is always going to be Fuller's, which is kind of more of a maltier mm-hmm. version of, of ESB style. I mean, but Fuller's was just you know fantastic ESB, I thought, and this one you know really fits in that in that Fuller's mode with with a, with a big malty undertone. There's a decent hopness to this too, yeah. though, uh, that comes from that. But it's I usually I don't expect harvest ales to come in ESB form, and that's just me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's to, to me it doesn't make any sense. But in the beer taste, it goes, it yeah, works. It I works. mean, whatever they got going on in this one works out. I think those crazy guys from Goose Island. <laughs> this would almost be like to me like a uh, need another one to judge. We are drinking these. In third, you know, we're only drinking a third of, of a bottle each, yeah. so it, it certainly limits our ability to exactly figure out what the beer is. But right. It's still, 
definitely tastes. I mean, we can get enough from from it to, to get an idea of what the beer is, and it, yeah, th- this this really does work. It's just not what I expected. Yahoo Goose Island. <laughs> so our next beer, this is the. You know what? I think we should probably do this stout last. We got some Belgian-y beers that are somewhat sour, but a bourbon stout might mm. wreck our tongue. Okay. So let's do the Pierre Jacques next. Yay. Is it is it Pierre Jacques or Pierre Jacques? Well, Pierre Jacques. Jacques. If this was crap. Pierre Jacques. This was crap beer vi- video, I'd be doing a dance on the screen. <laughs> Okay, so this is uh, 9% alcohol by volume, 32 IBUs. This is limited draft and bottles mid-January is when this is available. So this is probably about a year old. Well, okay, this is classified as a double. And double, as we have no- said in the past, Yes. they're really you know big, malty Belgians. They go extremely well with food. Um, and life. <laughs> Especially duck and boar. They yeah they they are uh, sort of an excellent doorway to Belgian styles too because you know they're really a very pleasing beer for mm-hmm. almost anybody who drinks them. Very few people can resist. Oh, sorry, Anthony, there's none left for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite doubles is actually a Afflicum double because it has oh, yeah. a lot of big caramel. To I it. like that. Oh look! All righty. Pierre Jacques. Pierre Jacques. SRM 32, warm don't, molasses. Don't you love like the the, the appearance of doubles? Uh, like yeah. they, they look that, that muddy. Has a nice tea color, sort of tea-ish, mm. a little bit either lighter or darker, depending on what kind of tea you drink. Um, Aromas, cherries, brown sugar, molasses. Yeah, definitely. Lots that, of cherries. Uh, yeah, that wild cherry kind of, um, mm. almost like the, the wild cherry Jolly Rancher in a little bit. Three Maybe. philosophers light. I'm getting tons of cherry in the aroma there. I'm getting brown sugar. It, it, oh, it, you know, whoever wants me to talk about making an air freshener? Uh huh. This is this an air is freshener it. beer right here. I was just thinking, like, man, this would be great cologne. If I if I didn't know better, I'd swear this was I get a cherry. Eaten if this were a cologne, people <laughs> just be biting off of you. I didn't. If I didn't know better, I'd swear there's cherries in this. I mean, from the aroma. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really smells mm. like it. But um, let's give it a taste here. It's starting to get a little tart on the cherry. It's almost what you get in a a Rodenbach. Oh my! It's really good. Wow. That's so tart, smooth. Slightly tart and smooth. There's a slight, I mean, that, that cheriness is really apparent. And it gives it just a bit of tartness. Just, I mean, it's not quite, you know, it's not sour, it's not a bread uh-huh. beer. It's just, there, there, there's, is there, there must be cherries here, right? I mean, because, I, I, I don't think so. Wow, I mean, that's amazing. That is a crazy <laughs> yeast strand. Yeah. <clears throat> that are, that, that's some crazy esters. If they're, I, if they're I had just this at the, the American Homebrewers Conference in Cincinnati. I don't remember being this complex. This but then again, it was at a beer fest, right? So it, It's like the Jennifer Lopez butt of yeast strands. <laughs> nice and cherry. <laughs> Man, this is really something else for me. Mm. Wow. 
I've said it twice now, so I guess I have to declare it. This is wild beer. This is this is really delicious. Really one of the Greg's best, hesitating. He's not, best really, he's not ready to make the call yet. It's one of the best doubles I've ever had. <clears throat> I'm so hoping Greg calls it a while. Then I could be on a wild beer show. That's a big step for me in life. You know, in terms of a double, it's a wild beer. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is a wild beer for a double. I mean, it's not what Can I... Can I see the bottle, Jeff? Not sure. what I expected out of a double, not at all. And... You know, it's got it's got an additional level of complexity that doubles don't usually have, which really right. you know it gives it, it you know it's it's closing in on quad territory both in alcohol and in uh, it does taste, taste like there has to be cherries in here, doesn't it? Yeah, it's so cherry. It's a little bit tart. It's it's done as well as like you know, think of the new Glarus Belgian Red that we had, right? Right. Not nearly that tart, but there's some some play in there that's you know similar. It, it's it's really well done. There's no it, sometimes in, in some Belgians, particularly when Americans try to make Belgians, you can get a little bit of some off flavors, maybe some farmhouse flavor, some funk a little bit. No funk in this. Wow! It says they toured all all the uh, Belgian the Trappist breweries, mm-hmm. and it, and it, and right here at the bottom it says a wondrously complex fruity malty L. That's like that's pretty good. If they did this just with yeast, I'm. You know, amazed oh, they, they, and, and wow, malts, by malts it. really. Yeast, yeah. I mean, some different kind of malts. I mean, I, what, yeah. what do you, Jeff? I know you know a lot about malts. I mean, it, what I would pick to get cherries out of it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. tough. I'd, I'd pick something with a pretty high sugar content. You know, uh, a light to medium crystal. But to get this kind of cherry out of it, I have no clue. Caramel malts, obviously, in order to get uh, you know Belgian Belgian caramel malts to get some of the extra toffiness that's in there. But yeah, yeah, I'll call it a wild beer. Now I, I'm wondering what I was missing when I had the Pierre Jacques out in Cincinnati because or the Pierre Jacques because uh, how'd you have it? Was it? All- they have the first night of the Homebrewers Conference. They have um, Pro Night, which is. Your average beer fest. I mean, lots of breweries from the region around, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe a slightly better than average beer fest because there's a lot of big names there. And uh, I had it, and I just remember thinking, yeah, it's, Was it's, it cask? Okay. Was it bottle? It was draft. 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 Or wait, no, no, no. These ones were bottled. Same bottle we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember not really... Thinking it was anything that special, but tonight, holy hell, it's special as hell. The one thing that's interesting about this is that, as opposed to other doubles, where, like I said, it really goes well with food. This one is one I'd drink alone without food, because uh, there's really a lot more complexity in there than your average double, and it really lends itself well to being drunk alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much sweetness. Alone. I mean, it's just, it it is its own dessert, right? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to pair that pair this with. Hardly anything. For I think you lose out on some of the flavor from the food. Yeah. It would really be washed out by by flavor from I the mean, food. Yeah, interfering. Like, See, so I always worry. Then, like, is it the combination of beers we had leading up to this that that sets your palate? Those tweaks it just like a little bit. I mean, it's obviously a factor. It has to be considered. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm like, wow. Like, would I love to just sit with a chalice and three of these <laughs> and a book and, and and just just love this? Love this. Is, this. this is a, a, a great way to love life is to have a little bit of this. Mm-hmm. Man, wow! I'm, I'm I'm I can't even. I'm speechless. 
This, this is so good. I'm speechless. I, I love, love it. It is fantastic. And I have a sister that lives out that way. So instead of begging her for three Floyds <laughs> all the time, I know what I'm going to be asking her to look for. The limited edition Goose Islands. You ready to try some Matilda? In January, so ask her yeah, right. soon. I'll see her at Christmas. That's a year old, too. Maybe the year helped it. Yeah. You know, you never know. It was bottled on 122807. So, you know, a mm-hmm. year is prob- probably helps it, too. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Delicious. That may be why this one tastes so much better than the other one you had. Could have been I, I have no idea what the date was. I was in a beer fest, right? I didn't go to Goose Island first. Right, yeah. So I probably didn't appreciate it, but if it... I don't know. It's been very few beer fests. I, I'm shocked that I would have not appreciated that beer, mm-hmm. you know, no matter how drunk I was. But yeah, yeah, I wonder if, like, the a year set, like, the, the yeast and the sugars, like, to... to you know, re-ferment and be more complex in the bottle. I don't... I mean, certainly uh, beers, 90% alcohol by volume will, you mm-hmm. know, that that's enough alcohol uh, and, you know, to, to, to give it some character as it ages. As opposed okay, to, like, a so, lager. So now we're moving on to Matilda. Matilda! Very carbonated. <laughs> and you got almost a full glass there. All right. Okay, so Matilda classified as a Belgian crap, strong pale ale. Carbonated. I love the machine gun carbonators. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? When you look and you see like one bubble and it just shoots up. Those are uh, nucleation sites. Big nucleation sites on the glass. That's a scratch in my glass. The, as I like to call them, the, the glue on of the lattice... Quantum <laughs> chromodynamic. Hey, we never even mentioned glue ones. <laughs> yeah, job. I, I well, Greg. Greg told me he had all this stuff to talk about. Yeah, on, last night, on, and I was like fretting it. this. I was like, I don't even know what like the basic mass times energy formula is. So I was on Wikipedia, like glue ones. Matilda is a uh, strong Belgian pale ale, seven percent alcohol by volume, thirty-two IBUs, thirteen on the SRM scale. So it's kind of in the orangey, mm-hmm. yellowish factor, a hell of a lot ahead. Yeah, and the aroma it smells triply, um, maybe strong golden, but I think I'm getting a little bit of triple out of there. I smell the triple. Sweetness. I agree with the triple. Uh, this is which is my I think my fa- just to enter- uh, my favorite beer styles the really? triple my absolute the favorite. wedding beer style this yeah. is a, a, a limited draft and bottle produced in mid August mm. colors is a, a nice rich gold uh, slightly orange and like we said huge head this thing poured with a big mountainous rocky big head, head is making it hard to pick up smells I'm but maybe it's because before my- you guys drink take your finger. And p- pick f- some of the foam up and taste the sugar on the foam. All right. That's going to make the head go away, though. Sugary. Tastes like my dirty-ass finger. <laughs> <laughs> now, however, dr- actually drinking the beer, honey. <laughs> what else? What else in there? <laughs> There's honey, uh, a little bit of lemon. Lemon peel, I mean. Rock candy. Yeah, there's, there's. That was a good call. You were Rock right about him. the sugar. I mean, it, it's just a sweet honey flavor. There's really not nearly as much distinctiveness as I expected. I like the raw candy call. That that's a. 
the rock candy that that your grandma would give you, but you really didn't like, but it was still candy. So you know, <laughs> right, exactly. Getting some of that. I'm trying to think if this is more. I'm trying to decide if this is Tripoli, or if it's more like Maudit. You know, like a strong golden, and I think it's more like Maudit. I think you're right. I think it, it's just more. It, it, yeah, it doesn't have. There, there's a factor to Tripoli. There's like a the triple gives you. Um, there's a bit of Belgian funkiness to it. There's a bit of there's a, a much more strong I think, honey flavor well, associated with, with triples. I, I like the triples that that the yeast sticks out, not not the fruits, like not not the lemon, not the, not the honey. Like you ever have a stouts from up in Pennsylvania? The the S- I've had a stouts triple in a while. So like, triples good. I had it uh, in um, September. I had one, and it, it surprised me at how good it was because it's been a while since I had it had it too. And it, it's worth checking out again, definitely. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I haven't had it in a while, so I can't. That I can't one was that it was a lot richer. It was a lot more. Um, it was a lot more malty than I had anticipated when I had it. I had it. Um, it was the night we were in Sealands Grove, and Sealands Grove Brewing Company was closed, so we had to go to the steakhouse. Um, that was it. BJ's or, or something. There's a steakhouse in Sealands Grove, and they had some good, you know, a couple of Pennsylvania beers. So I ordered the uh, Styles Triple to go with my steak, and mm. it was a hell of a pairing, actually. No, steak and a triple. Mm. Well, in, in the last episode, you talked about lacing. Talk about lacing on this sucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is coating the glass with foam. I'm liking this. Like I put my hands around the glass mm-hmm. and, and trying to really warm it up. The, the warmer it gets, the I think that's that, that, that's a good idea and something that we didn't think of because this is probably a beer that's better warmer. Yeah, it's a little it, more it, complex, like than just the lemon pill and and like Jeff talked about. The warmer it gets, I'm about to put this aside. I bet you know, and I bet room temperature this would be. Mm. There's not enough left in me to really mm. get a good taste, so I'm just going to finish it. Um, not a bad beer by any means, but we just had a wow beer before this. So I, it's, I, thought, it's, I thought Matilda was a bit funky, if I remember right, but I guess it wasn't funky because it was a nice, clean Belgian. There was no really apparent wildness to it. Yeah. No Brett, no funk, no horse blanket. But I mean, you know, a good thing is we haven't had a pour. You know, we had two shows right now. We haven't had a pour out yet. What What's the uh, horse blanket? Horse blanket is there's a little bit of that in the in the thing we did on on the uh, what was it the uh, beer trade? Oh, the the video show we just did. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go as far as horse blanket. We'll have to get you a Lambiger Goose to to really try that. It's it's just it's a term that we use for. For the sour beers and the barnyard character that comes in them, okay. um, I've got emails from people saying you actually ride horses. Have you ever smelled a horse blanket? It's nothing like that. And I've got other people who think horse blanket is you who have ridden horses and think horse blanket is an accurate term. So, I imagine horse blank- blanket smells bad. It, it's it's very acidic and 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 a little bit vinegary and it's not. The most, it's not like you know the thing that you would say. Oh, I want to smell that all the time. But when when it's with the right combination of other flavors, it actually can work uh-huh. well. Mm. I do need to go to a farm and actually smell a horse blanket to know exactly how bad that thing smells. I suppose I've never done that. But hey, I've described IPAs as urinal before. So cat pee, 
Remember, remember the threads? Definitely oh, cat yeah. pee, yeah. Cat pee is... I think uh, that's a great term, and <laughs> I don't care. Hey, when you have to clean up, like, six rooms of your house where a cat's ruined the corners, you know what cat's pee smells like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last beer. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Bourbon County Brand Stout from Goose Island Brewing Company. They want to do something special for their 1,000th batch in the orig- at the original brew pub. They really do a great job of dressing the bottles up and the labels of, of their specials, don't you think? Like the, the, I do like them. I mean, they're definitely more distinctive than, than their, the regular Goose Island mm-hmm. labels. But um, they wow. have, they okay, this is 13%. Holy <laughs> crap. It, it pours like a very high alcohol. When I was pouring it, there's like no head. What the, I'm like, what? that must have been from the barrel. But, you know, at 13%, you don't get much head retention either. What's a Utopia's 25%? Yeah, 25%. So this is 13%. Okay, actually, the, well, we Africa says 13%. Their website says 11%. Let's fight them. <laughs> so we'll call it 12 Ooh, uh, the aroma on this one. Oh, the hot awesome. bitterness of this, they call it 60 IBUs. That's pretty high bitterness for for an Imperial Stout. Uh, the SRM color, midnight. In other words, um, That aroma is oh, something else. The website else. says 11, but the bottle says 13. Okay, well, there you go. 2007 is uh, 11. I'm getting all the Baltic Porter smell with it mixed with that winter warmer. Oh. Drafting bottles... December is when this is mm. I think every time I smell this, I get four more chest hairs. <laughs> that's that's something else. Yeah, I'm getting a brilliant bourbon and cocoa. It's not really cocoa. It's it's um. What is that? It's. It's like a coffee liqueur. It's a dark it's a charred, liqueur. dark charred wood is basically what I'm smelling. And I'm not smelling. You know, you guys are talking about the flavor, the smell. I'm not smelling much at all. And that, that's what's interesting to me is that you know, in the very background, I can take a small bit of this sort of dark charred wood. But that's about it. I'm getting yeah, like oak barrel. Yeah, out, out the wazoo. Oak barrel, like whatever the smell is. Nice soft bourbony smell. Man, do we have to drink it? Can we just smell it? Now more of it's coming through. So, some chocolate in there, mm-hmm. caramel, definitely oh, charred. I wood. just got, there's charred wood stills there. Definitely. Yeah, I finally, I finally pulled in like the chocolate I was looking for. I got a nice strong nose of chocolate on it. Bitter, chocolate. Yeah, it's like Greg a baker, Hall. it's like a baker's chocolate with bourbon. Mm-hmm. Greg Hall, who's the brewmaster, says, "I've yet to try a cigar that can stand up to this beer." So, ah, what? <laughs> Give him one of them Cubans Kramer smokes. No, I've tried a Cuban. They are um, interesting. They burn for a so long they, time. They age it for whoa, one. They age whoa. it. They age it for one hundred <laughs> days on oak. Well, man, you can taste. You can tell this is eleven percent alcohol or thirteen percent alcohol. <laughs> Man, that is... <laughs> One sip has more flavor than your average case of beer. It overpowers anything in the room. 
There is no doubt that that is. I'm not true. sure P, uh, P Man would like this oh, beer. Wow, this is this is this is strong. This this is a syrupy, one of those oil can beers. Um, wow, that is. Uh, <laughs> it's like a 1050 with a little bit of uh, fire in your throat. It's creamy. If you can get past the alcohol, okay, like try try to try to. Put that alcohol out of your taste. Oh, that's fantastic. I just took my first sip. That That is the right amount of bourbon. It doesn't burn too much. Yeah, it's you know, not, that, that's it's not, true. It's not crap. It's, it's, it's really, the, the bourbon quality of this is really well done. I just wish it were a little bit less in alcohol. See, I'm not ta- I didn't taste the alcohol in my first sip, but the, the stout and the bourbon, they are melted so close together you can't tell the difference so i'm getting a lot of a lot of bourbon stouts you you have the stout and you have the bourbon and they kind of clash and it's kind of tinny and there's a line there you can tell where they're not getting together very well and this one is perfect they're best friends they're, i'm getting coffee washing away the bourbon hmm. i i got i, like I got it. cappuccino like yeah. really late like just now after talking for all that time I got like the cappuccino, it, like the milk cream. It washes away like the alcohol the burn or, or or the bourbon. This is this is definitely complex. We have to really thank Craig mm. for this show because this was. Thank you, Craig. These beers are really you know, something. You else. Craig, I'm going to have to call it double wow, double wow on this one. On this no, one, well, this is the second wow, right? So okay. we got a wow again, but this is a double wow show. I cannot think of a bourbon or oak age beer that I've had as fantastic as this one. Delicious. I'm going to have to go double wild. I haven't had enough bourbon stouts to... I cannot think of one that compares to this. Mm. I've had a lot of bad ones. No, you, a couple you, good ones. You have a point, and this one, this is one perfect. integrates the bourbon extremely well without seriously overpowering. I'm, I'm trying to remember because I think there was one that we did on a past show that was that was uh, similar in that there in, there was some bourbon in there, but not nearly enough to really you know cause me to go. Okay. Oh, this, this so bourbon. Even if this guy has a peer, is he not a wild beer? Who would the peer be? I don't know. I mean, maybe there's a peer out there. I'm. This is something I think everybody should try. I'm what hesitant was, to call. What it was it that we drank a year ago? The bourbon stout <laughs> on on the roasty show. We've done like forty shows since. I, then, I know so you're that. Gonna I know remember that. that. You've done one show since then. Um, I can take a look. But I'm here with you guys in heart every single. He week. remembers the title though. Roasty? Yeah, roasty will help. Probably what? did uh, uh, Speedway. No, roasty. Rossi, CBR 96 was the episode. Uh, Oregon Trail? Yeah. Bourbon Barrel Porter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was uh, your number one, our number two. That was definitely so, not not comparable. I mean, I mean, the bourbon and the taste is similar, but, man, is this fun. <laughs> this makes me want to... Now you know why we do this show. I would want to <laughs> headbang or do something crazy. Like, this we can go beer. outside and mosh a little bit later. Yeah. 
This beer is really something else. The kids still call it moshing, or do they call it slam dancing, or what do they call it these Mm. days? Who knows? The kids are crazy. ignore them. They all listen to rap. (laughs) And and, um, Coldplay. I'm, you know, what's funny is I I have a smiley face in my beer. Just, I have two little bits of, of, okay, now it's fading away because it went to the side, but I had two little eyes and then a big... I'm thinking Greg is leaning towards the no wow on this. Yeah, I'm kind of just due, wow. just due to the fact that I don't think Greg is a big bourbon person. I think you know part of it is that this is a this is really high alcohol, and I'm not as big a fan of the whole oil can beers as some other people are. And mm. while I appreciate the style, I'm hesitant to put a wow on it just because it's not. I'm, I'm, hesitant, I'm really hesitant to apply that to any beer nowadays. I'm, I'm much more hesitant to call it wow, call any beer wow beers. When I taste a beer that's a wow beer, I He's know it. He's jaded. Is jading a part of it? Absolutely. We've done yeah. 128 to 129 shows. There's obviously a part of that there. And to any listener, I mean, if they would just peek in Jeff's uh, fridge if you're or looking, cellar. If you're looking for a you're gonna nice, be jaded. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking for man, okay, I have to say, if you're looking for a great, you know, oil can stout, really flavorful, has a lot of qualities to it. Punching the face, grow more nut hairs. I can't think of a better beer than this one. Can we rank like the reserves and the regulars separately? I mean, because no. it's just not fair. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> okay, number one, Perjot. There's no question about it. That was that was a wild beer. That was a double with fantastic cherry quality. I don't know whether that comes through with age, or that's right out of the bottle, or that's just this one bottle was ordained. Who knows? It was it was spectacular. Beatified. Yeah. Beatified. Uh, I'm going to put the Bourbon County Stout number two. Not necessarily because I. Well, you know what? You know, frankly, I'm going to put it lower just because I didn't like it as much because as you guys did. he has to make a point. No, not because I had to make a point, but <laughs> it's because not it wasn't quite no, exactly. No, sure. I'm just just teasing, dick. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to go with the Harvest Ale next. I think because I mean that was I really like the I really like that ESB with the mm-hmm. Harvest Ale on top. It was an interesting way to play the Harvest Ale, and I like I really like. Going with that kind of creativity, uh, uh, you know, a brewery that, uh, yeah, Jeff has given me uh, looks, let's say, <laughs> but <laughs> I like a, I like a brewery that will do that sort of creativity uh, to, to try something you know a little bit different from what other people are doing. Then I'm going to go with the Bourbon County style. I mean, it's really it's, it's really great beer. It just I don't know whether I call it wild beer, and it's not exactly what I want out of the Imperial style. It's a little bit a little bit of the oil can to me. Which is not my favorite thing, but I, I understand people love that. And if you really love that oil candy, uh, Goose Island Nut Brown Ale will be next. I you know I know Anthony didn't like it that much. I really did enjoy the the, the nuttiness to it, the, uh, the the maltiness, the end really the, the end notes when you sort of expose it to air in your mouth mm-hmm. was really good. Uh, next thing with Matilda, just because it was you know a really decent Belgian, and uh, I think it needed to warm up a bit. Like like Anthony said, finally, hard luck loser Honkers Ale really did enjoy it. Four point three percent. I mean, great session beer, but it has a lot. Craig, to stand up Craig to. screwed it with the rest of the lineup. That's pretty much it, Anthony. All right, um, I adored the show. My my first beer is going to be this one, the Parajakis. I mean, 
I just thought that was fabulous. One one of the best doubles I've ever had, and I love doubles. I mean, I'm like a crack addict with those. I, I just thought that was delicious. The second beer of the night was Bourbon County Stout. Um, I still have a sip of that in my glass because that's I'm enjoying it like you guys would probably enjoy a Utopia or. or a, a Johnny Walker Black. Utopia like, is a different different mm. thing altogether. So, so I'm I'm still loving it. It's different. It got the bourbon where I need it to be for that kind of beer. The, the then, surprisingly, I'm going away from the reserve, and I'm going to hit the Harvest L. I thought that was different. It was unique. It was like an ESB mixed with a real hoppy, leafy, harvesty yell, yum. Then the Matilda, a, a good triple. I wouldn't write my mom about it. And then I'd hit the Honkers L, very quality beer. And then, I mean, granted, this Nut Brown L might be the best Nut Brown L on the face of the earth. I don't like Nut Brown L, so it, it comes last for me. And it's my turn, uh, Pierre, Pierre Jacques. Holy, Pierre holy hell. Jacques, my Jacques. God, that beer was fantastic. Uh, Pour me more. Cherries Pour me, me more. more. <laughs> cherries or not. Man, that was good. Uh, number two, the Bourbon County Stout. Uh, Pierre Jacques was wow. Bourbon County was Wow. <laughs> it's a little more mellow, but still, wow. Do I... The Matilda was very good. The Nut Brown was very good, but it's a subtler style, right? I can't get inside your head, man. I know. Whatever you want I, am, I said earlier that this Nut Brown Ale is probably one of the best brown ales I've ever had. That's amazing. So I am going to rank it in its style versus the Matilda in its style. So the Matilda compared against uh, Maudit... And uh, Goose Island Nut Brown compared to, I don't know, any, any you know, a list of Nut Browns. I'm going to put Goose Island Nut Brown third. I'm going to put Matilda number four. Uh, Harvestdale fifth. Uh, I liked it. It didn't bring me anything new that I'm not used to in Harvestdales, but it was a well-known Harvestdale. And Honker's Ale... Hard luck loser. I liked it so much. That was good. But the rest, for 4.3%, I really liked that beer. But compared to these other five guys, I'm just like... It has outshone it. You know, that was just... It's just fact of matter. Is a, yeah. I mean, it's their flagship. It's really good. But compared to their other beers, it has to take a back seat. Would you guys say Goose Island definitely has it going on i have a whole new opinion to goose island yeah. i've had them here and there in the past and i've been uh for their flagship beers i've been less than impressed and even for their reserve beers i i hadn't tasted them like i tasted them tonight and if anyone else i just have to say if anyone out there has had the experience that i have had where you've had hex nut or something and it's been at the airport and it's not handled perfectly clear your reset your memory and try goose island again because uh when you have the beers in the right environment there's, there's a reason why they're successful they're good. there's clearly a reason why they're successful can i just say two things before we go off the air mm-hmm. i want to 
So very much thank you, uh, Jeff. I've seen the pictures of Allison Bear at AllisonBear.com, and she's so beautiful. <laughs> um, must take after her mother. And Greg, thank you. For actually, actually, she looks like me. <laughs> Greg, <laughs> she's going to be ugly when she grows up. <laughs> thank you for having me on. But if you guys like listening to me, and I know I wasn't as funny as maybe last year, please uh, put it on the message, bo- message boards to have me come back on, and I'd be glad to drive up from a um, around Annapolis now, and uh, and maybe bring some Duke Claws Brewery to Greg and Jeff. But please put it on the web and get that out there because I love coming up here and being on this show. Oh, and you know, we really enjoy having. Anytime you. Anytime you're in town, you want to be on, we'll have you on. Thank it's you. nice having you know the the, the change of mm-hmm. of chemistry. And, and just extend the offer. If you get if you're listening, you're in Pittsburgh. You want to be on a show? Send us an email. We'll fit you in. You don't have to be special. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, now, now I feel bad. <laughs> no, I don't mean to belittle what you felt, but you know, I know there's a bunch of Pittsburgh listeners, and if any of you want to sit in on a show, it's more than fun. willing to have you come in. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode of Craft Beer Radio. We'll be back next time with uh, probably like Imperial Stops Part Two or something. Something like that. All right, talk to you later. Yeah, you missed that show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah, the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. People's shoulders are big enough for the abuse But they never say what you can